Achieving Clarity podcast. My name is Ben Morley, an Air Force pilot turned consultant. Each episode, you will hear actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life, personal and professional, to achieve more clarity, purpose, and effectiveness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical clarity training. Today, we're going to be talking about some writing for an author, Ethan Brooks, and it's called The Three P's of Burnout, How to Use Priorities, Positive Constraints, and Psychology to Do More While Working Less. Meet Bob. Like you, Bob thinks his job is to juggle things. He takes pride in being one of the best jugglers in the business. When someone asks him to throw an extra ball into his routine, he never says no. If he does not have time to get something done during the workday, Bob is always willing to do it at night, in between bites of dinner. His day often begins at 8 a.m. and does not end until 10 p.m. When he works late, he has the courtesy not to complain about it to his team, though he will occasionally hint at it. How was your weekend, Bob? Oh, it was busy. Bob's managers think he's one of the best employees at the company. They celebrate his juggling skills, tout his willingness to take on new projects, and tell other employees they should follow his example. What they do not realize is that Bob is putting himself, his team, and even his entire company at risk. Because Bob is on the brink of burnout. Medical professionals define burnout as, quote, a psychological state of physical and emotional exhaustion, thought to be induced by work-related stress. There are many theories as to what prompts burnout, but some of the more common job-related causes include a lack of social support at work, especially common among remote workers, extremes of activity or burning the candle at both ends, unclear or undefined job expectations, and work-life imbalance. A Gallup survey found that 76% of employees have experienced some form of burnout. These employees are 63% more likely to take a sick day than a non-affected worker, 23% more likely to visit the emergency room, and 2.6 times more likely to look for a new job. Bob has been teetering on the edge of burnout for a while. If he continues grinding himself down, he just will not end up being non-productive. He will become anti-productive, making mistakes that the rest of his team must spend time fixing. To make matters worse, Bob is now juggling all of his tasks from home, where it's harder for his colleagues to gauge his stress levels. Luckily, Bob has a furry little friend named Hamster Jack, who just happens to be a burnout expert. After years spent spinning around in the wheel of burnout, Hamster Jack knows just what it's going to take to prevent Bob from fizzling out. And it all starts with defining what is truly important. The first P, priority. When everything is important, nothing is. In Hamster Jack's estimation, Bob's first problem is that he thinks of his work in terms of priorities. Bob juggles a lot of different tasks and considers them all to be critically important, but the very idea of multiple priorities, in the plural sense, is relatively new. 
A search through the world literature on Google Ngram shows that the term priorities was practically non-existent before the factory boom following World War II. Before that, only the singular version of the word priority was widely used. As Hamster Jack reminds Bob, the idea of multiple priorities is an illusion. Two things can be important, but they cannot both be the most important. When people say they have multiple priorities, what they are really saying is that they have a hard time prioritizing. They are unwilling to make difficult, potentially uncomfortable decisions about what should take precedence over everything else. The first step to catching and reversing burnout before it does damage is learning to take time to figure out which proverbial balls are actually important and which need to be dropped. Hamster Jack implores Bob to look at the things he's juggling each day and ask himself the following questions. Is this task still important or has the situation changed? Often we commit to tasks or projects that are important at the time but become less important as situations evolve. Number two, am I really the only person who can do this? Many top performers think that doing something on their own is easier than teaching someone else how to do it. Trust your colleagues and give them the chance to surprise you. Number three, is this the most important thing right now, or am I using it to avoid something else? Deep down, you know when you're doing this. And number four, if this was the only thing I completed today, would I be satisfied with my day's work? Part of avoiding burnout is focusing on work that will give us a sense of accomplishment. As Bob himself starts juggling fewer things, it clears space for him to focus. The second P, positive constraints, doing less to accomplish more. On its own, prioritizing will not prevent burnout. For someone like Bob, who has grown accustomed to working nights and weekends, it does not matter how much the tasks are minimized. He will find ways to fill his time with more work. Hamster Jack senses that Bob is a victim of Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law. Work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. The implication of this is simple yet profound. To avoid working all the time yet still get his work done, Bob needs to limit the amount of time he allots for work. There are corollaries to Parkinson's law. First, there is Horstman's corollary. Work contracts to fill the time we give it. Next, there is the Stock-Sanfraud corollary. If you wait until the last minute, it only takes a minute to do. While I was at the Air Force Academy, we added another tongue-in-cheek corollary to our academic workload. If the minimums were not good enough, they would not be the men's. (laughs) Some companies and institutions have been experimenting with this very idea of Parkinson's law and have seen positive results. A New Zealand firm tested a four-day work week and found that it actually boosted productivity, creativity, and job satisfaction. In 2019, Microsoft Japan closed their offices every Friday and saw around a 39% increase in year-on-year, year-over-year sales per employee. A 23-month study in Sweden found that nurses who worked a six-hour workday had higher productivity levels 
and lower absentee rates than those with a longer workday. But a mere, quote, commitment not to overwork will not lead to sustainable change. In order for this constraint to work, Bob needs to face real, unmovable barriers that force him to finish his work and leave the office, like scheduling a long-overdue date with his love interest, Roberta. The third P, psychology. The foundation for change. Lastly, Hamster Jack knows that without the right psychological approach, Bob will quickly fall back onto the hamster wheel of burnout. Part of the problem stems from the common misconception that being a great employee means working hard. Hard work is part of the equation, but to be truly effective, Bob actually needs to do two things. Number one, perform at the highest level, and number two, protect his ability to perform at the highest level. Doing the first while neglecting the second is only setting Bob and his team up for more problems down the line. Hamster Jack, ever the fuzzy fountain of wisdom, suggests two rules to help him navigate his workday. Number one, the 80% rule. As Hamster Jack is fond of saying, there are two types of hamsters in this world, those who give 110% and those who understand math. The 80% rule suggests that a superb employee plans to devote 80% of their energy and focus for the day to their job. The remaining 20% should be reserved for hobbies, family time, and everything else that is not work-related. This is also known as the Pareto Principle. The Pareto Principle states that for many outcomes, roughly 80% of the consequences come from 20% of the causes, the vital few. Other names of this principle are the 80-20 rule and the law of the vital few. It is an axiom of business management that 80% of sales come from 20% of clients. By leaving some energy in the tank each day, Bob creates the space he needs to avoid the toxic work-life imbalance. Still, Bob often feels guilty putting work away, which is why Hamster Jack shares another secret with him. Number two, diffuse problem-solving. The brain has two modes of problem-solving, focused and diffuse. The focus mode, which is most familiar to us, is when we give our full attention to a problem and try to reason our way through it. It can be very effective, especially when the problem is relatively familiar. But the diffuse mode is where the problem-solving magic happens. This is when we allow our minds to wander, allowing it to connect disparate ideas at a level the focused mode does not allow for. I've spoken about this phenomenon in previous podcast episodes, taking seemingly unrelated ideas and forging connectivity between these experiences to help solve a current problem. When Bob chose to step away from work and go live his life, he unlocked his mind's ability to solve creative and complex problems. And in the end, this did more for his career, his team, and his company than a few extra hours of juggling. So, how have you dealt with multitasking in your work environment? Have you found yourself slipping into the arena where everything is a priority, multiple priorities, and feeling the effects of burnout? What about your fellow employees or members of your team? Are they operating on an unsustainable path and risking burnout? What about your personal life? 
does the juggling act continue when you get home, but just with different subjects or different colored balls? Do you find yourself stressed out trying to fit in all the activities you have said yes to, be it sports or clubs or volunteer work? Are there days with open space in the calendar fewer than you would ultimately like? I hope this has been of help to you, and as always, best to you. Thank you for listening to the Achieving Clarity podcast. We hope you liked it. To hear more tools and strategies to help you in your personal and professional life, subscribe to our podcast. Thank you again. Thank you.